0: Hello, and welcome to Wavelength's podcast series, Get On My Wavelength, where we ask experts to answer advancement teams' questions. In today's 15-minute session, we'll be answering your questions about strategic planning. We have Taylor Malmsheimer joining us today. She is vice president at Section 4, a company that delivers online strategy courses. Combined with her previous work at L2 Inc. as principal client strategist, Taylor will use her expertise to provide insights and answer your questions on how to best strategically plan for the future. Thank you for those who submitted questions leading up to this session. Don't forget, if you have questions you'd like us to answer in future podcasts, Simply email katie at searchwavelength.com. I am your host, Katie Gibson, Senior Director of Partnerships here at Wavelength. Hi, Taylor. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
0: We have had several schools submit questions around how to plan for the future as they look to the new fiscal year during COVID-19. And one of those questions is, I am trying to plan for the next fiscal year, and there's a lot of uncertainty. How do I develop strategy at a time like this? And what do I tell my team as things are constantly shifting?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And frankly, a question that I think I'm I'm uh, working through right now in my role. So from my perspective, I think the first and most important thing is just transparency, both when I was... You know, uh, kind of more junior member. And uh, I definitely valued that transparency in my leaders. And then now, kind of being more of a leader and decision maker, you know, your team knows that things are constantly shifting. They're not, they're, you know, they have the same, oftentimes the same information you do. So I think just being as clear as possible with when there are times of uncertainty, you know, telling people that, um, but then also telling them how you're going to get them through that time of uncertainty. Um, and I think about it particularly right now in kind of a a short-term, long-term, you know, framework. So I think in the short term, a lot of what, you know, uh, what a lot of businesses are having to do is be kind of ruthless and go through kind of every aspect of the business and say, okay, in this time of, you know, economic turmoil or turmoil within my industry, um, you know, where can we what are the things that are kind of nice to have, and what are the things that are must have in terms of you know our our existing strategy that we had pre COVID, um, and so kind of going through each of those those goals or those projects that you had kind of coming up and reevaluating them with a fresh fresh eyes and saying okay, you know where can we um, which are the three that we're going to prioritize if we have five or if we have three which are the what is the one what is the one that we're going to prioritize just because um, right now we're all resource constrained both. You know, maybe financially, but also time-wise, just because things are so crazy. Um, so there's kind of that short-term, like how do we keep keep the boat afloat, and how do we can change our our coming our plans that we're coming up right now. And then I think um, one of my favorite things that uh, actually my my boss uh, was telling us when we were trying to re- kind of reforecast and replan our business was this idea of the decade test. And you know, COVID nineteen is changing things so quickly. And so he basically said, let's imagine where our industry is gonna be 10 years from now, and assume that that's gonna happen in two years or three years, um, because things are just kind of accelerating so rapidly, particularly in the world of of education where I work. So, um, you know, I think that's a really good kind of longer term exercise to say, okay, if you were to imagine your company or your industry in 2030 how might the world look completely different or your, your industry look completely different and how can you kind of accelerate some of those or at least plan for some of those things because they're
0: probably going to come up much faster than you think, again, if you're in an
1: industry that's you know accelerating in the face of COVID.
0: That's a great point. And as we think through schools who have constituents working in various industries, there's definitely a higher expectation of communication and personalization within their networks that they are a part of. You obviously are adjusting as a team to COVID and some of that has to do with flexibility. Do you have suggestions on how to plan ahead, focus on those top must-have goals but still be flexible as things arise as you never know what tomorrow looks like, let alone next week, next month and beyond?
1: Totally. Yeah. I think so one thing that I've uh that we've started doing and that I've seen be really helpful for a lot of teams is kind of work adopting from the technology world this idea of working in sprints Um, and so even when you have kind of a big longer term strategic goal that you're working towards um, my team basically works in in one week sprints Um, so some teams work in two some work in a month and basically what that means is just you know kicking off every for my team week and saying okay these are the kind of um, smaller things that we need to get done, done in order to get to that long term goal this week, but then on Friday actually having kind of a, a retroactive okay did we get those done did that work, but also. Um, you know how, how have the priorities changed kind of over the course of the week and so that just allows you to kind of have that flexibility to say you know if you're thinking about a longer term strategic goal. And you're thinking about it on a two-month time frame, let's say, or even a, uh, you know, I don't know, five-month, six-month time frame. It it might be hard to be kind of flexible if if you're thinking that long term. But if you're breaking it down into these much shorter time increments, I think it just makes it so that you're kind of always you're constantly reevaluating: is this still the right thing to focus on? Um, and you know, is this is this still is this still a priority for my team?
0: Going along those lines, we actually had a question about prioritizing goals. And as you said, those weekly check-ins with those sprints, it is really valuable to check in with the team to see how they are doing and how the projects are going directionally. So when you are talking about prioritizing those top two or three goals, how do you make some of those decisions? Because sometimes they feel all important and maybe their import differs by team members, so do you have suggestions on how to prioritize keeping in mind that bottom line?
1: So I think I think about it as kind of the the how how much the goal ties to kind of the the mission or the impact that you can have in terms of um you know what what your what's the bigger goal that you're trying to achieve, right? So kind of I guess either the the impact or relevance as you were saying and then um just looking at it versus kind of how feasible is it or or what are the resources required. So I think, you know, my team does a lot of kind of uh, creating of matrices and we used to do it on whiteboards and now we do it in Google Slides on Zoom, but basically listing our strategic opportunities and then saying, okay, you know, literally high, medium, low, what are the resources needed to do this and then what's kind of the value add that we're going to get from doing this specific um Strategic goal, and you'll start to see that yeah, they might all seem like they are really important, but um, you know, one, they're not all going to be necessarily feasible or require the same amount of resources, and two, I think um, you know, in a vacuum, all your strategic goals might seem really important, but a lot of what I do actually kind of in a separate role is is what I call competitive benchmarking, where you're actually comparing. Um, you know, different companies to one another and comparing their strategies. And for example, if you looked at like Apple, Amazon, Facebook, and Google, those all, you know, you could argue they have great strategies. But when you benchmark them against each other, you might actually start to see that, you know, oh, relative to Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Google's just not as strong at, I don't know what it is, hiring, let's say. Um, and similarly with your goals, right, you might you might think they're all super important, but you, but when you actually are forced to almost rank them, you will start to see. Okay, this is actually, um, you know, this is the one that actually stands out as as being clearly the the highest priority. And then it's just really mapping with the resources that are needed and what are kind of the constraints that you're facing.
0: Thank you, Taylor. Definitely an important call out there. The value add and resources. It's really important to understand that we're not just working from home, but working from home during a pandemic. And next year for schools, there's a lot of uncertainty. So really trying to plan around those resource capacity issues and that value add at this time is definitely um, something that people need to keep in mind with that ruthless prioritization for sure. Related to this, the importance of keeping the team inspired and forward thinking about the goals and engaged with the goals, but understanding they probably have some questions and concerns. Do you have suggestions on how to keep the team inspired and on track with energy and engagement, even if goals have been deprioritized? I think
1: actually um, it's so important right now, but also right now is a, is a time that you can almost um, turn a bug into a feature and say you know this is a crazy time of change but it's also has the potential to be a really exciting time and you know because there's lots of change happening across industries the opportunity to kind of innovate and be a first mover and um, you know both as a company but also for an individual intern- internally this is a great time to almost kind of show shine right and like show that you're someone who can adapt and maybe tackle a challenge that your team or you might not have gotten an opportunity to tackle previously. So I think as much as you can kind of capitalize on that, um, kind of, you know, making a change feel like an opportunity rather than something that's scary. And similarly making, you know, maybe deprioritizing a goal seem like an opportunity for another goal or another um, strategic priority to emerge. My boss always says a crisis is of a terrible thing to waste and I think that really applies here again both as you think about your company versus you know sitting versus your competitors or just sitting in the world but also as you think about your individual team members and really using this as an opportunity to accelerate their careers as well.
0: Thank you Taylor. We're going to take a quick break and when we return we'll discuss team goals in the context of the larger schools and how to differentiate goals and projects. Wavelength simplifies alumni relations through better data, more engaged constituents, and easier volunteer management. Enhance your alumni relations today. Visit SearchWavelength.com. Welcome back. Taylor, I know some of the teams I've worked on before that there's been some confusion around goals and projects, and especially the difference between long-term projects and goals. We had a question submitted asking, I sometimes find my goals and projects overlap to the point of them not really being that different. How would you differentiate long-term projects versus goals and how can I make my team understand this?
1: Yeah, I think that's such an, actually an interesting question. And, um, you almost have to, have to think about it a little bit. The way I think about it is that you have different. So I actually think that you have different types of goals. You have, um, maybe short-term goals and then you have kind of long-term strategic I would call them almost strategic priorities um, and then I think about projects as a way to either achieve those those shorter-term goals or there, those uh, longer-term strategic priorities and um, I think for those longer-term projects you almost want to break them down into a couple different steps one is kind of you know the the inciting incidents or the the things that you just kind of have to get done in order to get the project rolling right so it might be identifying a project lead or um, creating a campaign lane landing page or making a list of donors things like that that are going to drive towards um, you know prioritizing this project and then you kind of have to figure out what are the ways that you're going to kind of sustain or iterate or improve that pro- along the line along kind of your you know, project that's trying to achieve that goal. So that might be, I don't know, taking feedback from, you know, uh, your constituents or your donors who, or whoever kind of the the the, the target audience is. Um, and then the last part is usually kind of measuring your success. And I think that's where your goals often come in. Is okay, you know, we had this goal. Um, trying to think of an example. You know, we had this goal to uh, increase fundraising by. 25% or something like that. We launched this project in order to achieve that. Okay, how do we measure our success? And then how do we kind of iterate going forward? Um, and so I think it really just depends. I think even if you have you know a long-term project, you also wanna have long-term goals that you're kind of you know, seeking to hit. And then similarly, if you have shorter-term goals, you're also gonna need kind of shorter-term projects to achieve those goals.
0: So those steps to long-term strategic priorities make sense, especially breaking them down into bite-sized pieces. And, And bottom line, those measures of success is what leaders are going to be looking for and is what everyone should be benchmarking against. We're going to conclude with one last question here. How do I get other teams to understand the value and importance of our team's goals? And if there are joint goals between teams, do you have best practices on how to manage them as a group?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a that's definitely a very interesting one. <laughs> it's a hefty one too. It is, because <laughs> especially on, you know, it's one that kind of, I think sometimes people think, oh, that, you know, comes from bigger teams where, you know, you might not have as much exposure to other teams or other team members. But I think it, the same thing happens at smaller companies, at least that's how I feel in my company of nine full-time people. Um So i think it all kind of is just about explaining it through the kind of eyes of of the mission and goals of your of your company and so hopefully your company has kind of a clear mission and um you know set of values that you're trying to um kind of hold to and and so if you can articulate your team's goals in context of the kind of greater team's mission or the greater company's mission um, if you don't have kind of a clear mission for the company, that's a different, different challenge, I would say. But assuming that you do, um, I kind of think of it as, as a tree, right? The mission is at the base and it's the roots. And then from there, each of the branches kind of helps part of that mission. And then each of the branches off of those branches might be your team's individual goals. So if you're on different, you know, branches on opposite sides of the tree, it might be really hard to see how they fit together. but if you kind of get back to what's kind of our overall company's mission and explain your goals through the lens of that, then it's at least easier for your, your you know, fellow colleague to understand um, why you're working towards this mission.
0: Great. Thank you so much. So we've just covered everything from those short-term and long-term frameworks and how to plan your strategy and take that decade test to understand that You know, that 10-year vision might actually happen the next two or three years and how to prioritize your goals as well as how to stay on track with them and be flexible by using those sprints with that one or two-week timeline and reassessing with the team to keep them inspired and understanding why you are prioritizing the goals that you are. You then concluded with goals in the perspective of your team and other teams all related to the mission with that tree symbol. Do you have any other last suggestions for our listeners of when they think about strategic planning? What would you recommend?
1: Yeah, I think right now we're in such a, you know, time um, and I've definitely noticed personally transitioning to some of the strategic planning is just much more difficult on, on Zoom um, and things that you might, you know, I think, I know we used to do a lot of strategic planning with whiteboards and, Um, you know just sitting in a room frankly for a while and kind of hashing it out um and so i think what i found and i'm definitely still figuring this out is when you're doing this remotely it's really important to you know one have actually the little things have people prep send out an agenda before send out goals for the session i feel like meetings you know an hour can kind of fly by quickly on zoom especially as you're dealing with logistics and things like that so Um, you know, those kind of small things in terms of just running a successful meeting are are super important. And then I do think it all comes back to kind of value add versus the resources that you have. And, um, you know, kind of at the end of any strategic planning session, taking a step back and saying, you know, okay, we might have a bunch of really great ideas here. But at the end of the day, we have to prioritize, especially if we're a small team and kind of using that framework to figure out, you know, where you're going to invest your finite resources right now.
0: Amazing, Taylor. Well, thank you for providing all of those anecdotes and insights and for joining us on Get On My Wavelength.
1: Of course. Thanks, Katie.
0: Thank you for listening to Wavelength's podcast series, Get On My Wavelength. If you have questions or future topics you would like us to cover, please email katie at searchwavelength.com.